0: everybody, it's Christine here with the Co-Living Code, another fun episode this week. We have somebody from Canada joining us. Uh, we have David Boink. He is actually now launching his first, he has a real estate, he has background with property development, but he is now actually joining the Co-Living Game with their first commercial development geared towards older adults, which are seniors. Uh, in the co-living market, and everybody asks me my thoughts on that market. We've yet to have anybody on this show yet that's talked about senior housing for co-living, so I'm thrilled. He had he'd posted somewhere in a message board, and I reached out. And I'm like, David, I have to get you on my show. I just love what you're getting ready to do, um, and so I will definitely dig into home free living what it's about why you decided to get started in there and some of your background so let, let's start there actually david uh let's tell the viewers and listeners about your background
1: sure thank you so much christine for having me on your show and looking forward to our our chat and uh, yeah so do so you want to start with some of my background was it please And, or
0: if you want to talk about, so, sorry, I'll interrupt you for one split second. David's so funny. He's like, are we allowed to cuss on this? And I'm like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you want to drop some F-bombs? Go for it. He goes, well, sometimes I get passionate. I might drop an F-bomb. I'm like, okay, hey, hey, go for it. It's a co-living code. It doesn't need to be censored.
1: Just didn't want to, if in the event that I get in the flow and it happens, I didn't want to have to internally beat myself up for not censoring myself. So thanks for the permission to just be be free in my communication.
0: Yeah. Yes, go for it.
1: So uh, background is uh, for about 20 years, I've been in construction, uh, real estate, property management. And uh, I've had a few properties in in Alberta that were um, larger luxury, multi-roomed properties that at one point I was renting out to uh, the luxury markets with CEOs and that kind of thing. And that is uh, economically seasonal sort of a business. So uh, what ended up happening with those properties is two of them, actually. I had different groups approach me who wanted to rent them and it ended up being people who were doing co-living it sort of opened my eyes to this way of living and uh, the odd time when I'd have to go over to the property to help them with something or, you know, visit, uh, you know, I'd see, you know, messages on their fridge, like meditation night, Wednesday, Mexican night, Monday, I thought, oh, this is, this is neat. And, you know, I remember at one point, uh, going back to my own, you know, house that I lived in alone with, you know, so much space and I, I increasingly felt house guilt myself, and there were times where I thought, well, you know, I sort of just want to move into a room with these guys, because that looks like fun. And uh, uh, so that was my, so my background in co-living has really just been in providing the property and allowing uh, these communities to, to live there. And, you know, I got a little bit more rent, I suppose, than than uh, the market would, would bear had I rented it to a, you know, a more traditional type of situation. So they were always good experiences. You know, I felt really good uh, about the use of the properties and just having a, a lower, you know, a lower economic uh, you know, uh, ecological footprint, I should say, by having so many people really using this house. I felt good about that. And sort of as, uh, you know, I, I went through personal changes and sort of moved away from materialism and went through my own midlife crisis or whatever you let's call it that for now i i i really wanted to change my business and get out of like uh you know that luxury market and go more towards the uh the social side of things and uh i guess i should put in that uh, along the way with my real estate business i'd also founded a charitable organization that uh we did renovations for homeowners who have a mobility challenge and an economic need so people who are in a wheelchair and they, you know, it was just sort of my give back project Then that ended up growing and uh, we ended up doing, you know, I think in one year we did about 20 renovations, totally donated renovations, volunteer run organizations. So I sort of had these two projects that I was working on. One was, one was for profit and one was non nonprofit and I ended up spending a lot more time on my nonprofit because uh, it's just a lot more fulfilling and it, you know, it, so I uh, came to a point uh, within the last few years where I'd sort of reached uh, a ceiling, I guess, of of uh, a vision that I'd created in the past in these projects. I, you know, I realized I just can't keep up with this uh, demand for the, you know, senior living and my eyes got open to, you know, the realities of our aging population. and uh, And also just, as I mentioned on the other side, you know, the whole, Having a couple cars in a garage and living in a big house alone, and sort of serving that market, neither of them were really working. So I wanted to create one project, uh, you know, a social, a social enterprise type of project. And uh, so I set out to to do co living for for older adults, and uh, so I'm, that's currently where where I'm at uh, uh, with uh, with the project I'm working on.
0: I love that. So so let's so you had a couple of great points there, um, and it's so funny. We were at this amazing dinner last night, and we were talking about co living. Of course, the topic always usually comes up. And you know, here in the states, you know, you heard the term McMansions. So they build all these monster, huge houses, and it's like you know maybe two people are living in them, maybe family of four, but it's this massive house with extra bedrooms and extra living rooms that you're never allowed to go in. And it's just the same thing, you know, and and I got into minimalism like three years ago. um, And I I had the big house with the cars and the girls, same thing, like this huge house and wasted space. And so I love, love, love that you had that similar experience where it's like this this house could be much better used in a different way, in a different manner. And what's funny is in the States, you know, a lot of these co-living concepts, ours included, We're actually in like, you know, what would be considered, which was probably like a McMansion, you know, like 10, 20 years ago in the early 2000s, uh, you know, where two people were living here and now we have six people fully using the space, you know, we co-work out of it. So you're right, you're using, it's just a smaller footprint. Um, And so I agree and I love, and I think a lot of people getting into the space they care about that, right? So, how do we share space? How do we with the sharing economy? How do we share? You know, maybe still have those three cars in the garage, but six people are sharing those three cars. Um, you know, what does that look like? Uh, so, yeah, that's really. I'm really glad you touched on that. Um, so now, leading in. Oh, and then last question: How long ago, like, like you said, you would go over there and you'd see that they were doing events and they were they were living like created this co living intentional community. How how long ago was that?
1: Now let's see. I guess these guys were probably doing uh, co living before it was becoming an Olympic event. So you know, honestly, probably eight, nine years ago.
0: <gasps> that was, Whoa, that's where it started. Yeah. Oh, okay, and, okay. I you not know
1: if they called it co living then. No, it was just people sharing a sharing a house, and they'd bring different roommates in, and I gave them the, you know the, the freedom to do that.
0: No, and so much credit to you, Dave. Because I mean, I tell this story over and over and over. You know, just even our Los Angeles home was. Forty different homeowners, landlords, property managers. Forty said no to me. The forty-first, finally, was this amazing guy who was like, "I love the concept. Let's do it." Um, because again, you have to have somebody that understands the model that's open to it. Um, you know, having different people coming through subleasing. You know, I was very upfront with all of that. So, so a lot of credit goes to you for for being an understanding uh, property owner on that on that sense and letting them do that. And um, so now it sounds like, you know, again, you see the need for the aging population, which is so true. You know, they don't want to be in these home like actual facilities are, you know, put away, you know, off, like nobody wants to do that. Right. Um, why not live together under one roof, support each other. Um, what kind of, you know, how are you going to set it up and what kind of amenities are you going to provide?
1: So we need to have accessible properties. So it's got to be, you know, Barrier-free to a certain extent, stairs. Are, the reason older adults end up moving out of the home that they live in currently, their private home, is uh, one of probably four things, or combination of all of them. Uh, the stairs are an issue. So getting in and around the house, that's that's huge for people. And uh, the organ- the charitable organization I ran in the past, I saw the impact that just a couple stairs can have. So there's. You know, little, little old lady sort of thing that sleep in their lazy boy on their main floor in their living room because they can't get upstairs in their own house. And, you know, one lady was living like that for like six years. So there's, uh, accessibility is is a big thing. So all my properties, including this first one, will be, But real estate investment tip, by the way, buy bungalows, just like, <laughs> oh <laughs> the yeah, population, like if you can get something without stairs, you should outperform the market in the future. Uh, so accessibility affordability is, is a big one. People are in, uh, in older adults are on uh, a fixed income. They typically will have savings, and I'm I'm going to be catering my business towards the low, like my you know my my parents and you know family kind of thing, lower to economically middle class in there. Uh, so people have savings that they end up going into to uh, you know pay private. Market rent for these nursing homes because they don't qualify for the subsidized subsidies, uh, the government-run places. So, so that's two. Uh, we want we want communities because uh, social isolation is a big one for, for for older adults and maybe for for a lot of people are are lonely. But especially the isolation that can happen when you're you know 82 years old and you live alone and you're you know you have accessibility issues and you know you're home a lot. So providing those autonomous spaces, like the private room, plus just places to come out and mix in community and, and be involved. So, say so those are the, you know, the sort of the top reasons why people move out of their, and, and meals, that, that would be the fourth thing. So if we can cover those, those four things, uh, that'll be sort of the basis of where we start from. And I'll tack on love on top of that, that, you know, if we can sort of, you know, from the top of this business down, it's just Love is sort of like the thing we're out to share with this project because, in British Columbia here in Canada, the largest owner of nursing homes is actually the Chinese government. There's an ad in the paper last year. Uh, I know it was. There was sixteen of them, which were owned by uh, you know a Chinese uh, businessman who got arrested in China for some kind of white collar crime, embezzlement or something. So that the Chinese government took over all of his businesses, including. group of uh nursing homes in in the state so uh, i won't get too much into the current situation of uh, private nursing homes but i assert that there's probably not a whole lot of love trickling down from the top of uh you know that company luckily that in you know in older adult care homes and whatnot the type of people drawn to working there are more caring loving people typically so that's sort of the the not sent of the situation but uh, I think we can do better and we need there's lots of room for innovation in uh you know in the nursing home uh, type type business so yeah.
0: no I love that and then what uh, what age or a couple things um will you guys provide any and again this is where they can save on costs too would you provide some nursing like like maybe a nurse coming in to visit at all where they can share the that cost will you do any nursing at all providing any nursing
1: yeah, so we'll we'll partner with community organizations that are already there, like Home Care here in you know Canada that does 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 a really good job of you know our government and healthcare system is very interested in keeping people living independently because we're out of beds, we're in a we're in a housing crisis. So this autonomous room in you know suite in in my building will be their independent home, and we'll we'll welcome their community supports to come in and to serve them there, and we'll we'll put the space in there for for that like rooms for nursing, and we're going to have. Uh, accessible bathrooms we're not making every room every every suite's bathroom accessible shower but we'll have one in the building with the you know the the bathtub that if someone was in a wheelchair they can come and use use this one so people won't have to move out of a home free location just because of the fact that their legs don't work anymore they're not going to have to separate from their their partner and go somewhere else so we'll make the properties accessible and there'll be a room for a nurse who can come in and, and meet with people out of there and uh, we're looking at uh, actually just renting that space to a home care nurse, which is a private little business that someone runs. And and by that person being in our building, uh, you know, we as Home Free aren't going to get into, you know, providing health care, but we can provide the space for someone to be in there and sell a 15-minute increment of time to someone who lives down the hall. That's a benefit to everybody uh, rather than having to call that home care person and have them drive there and charge you a whole hour. So. So yes, we oh. will have uh, people have access to some nursing, but um, you know I'm not sophisticated in the nursing home business. I, I don't know how to run a health care type thing, and uh, I got to keep this simple sort of thing. For so, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot that you know seniors and older adults have a lot of needs and supports that, that they absolutely will need. I mean they're going to be moving into this place uh, because of because they need support. So I'll have to figure out ways to, to provide that to them, which uh, I've sort of jumped off the cliff. of building my, my, growing my wings as I, a as I fall sort of thing here in, in some ways, but.
0: Uh, hey, we all do that, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I love it. And then David, what, uh, what demographic, what age demographic are you going for?
1: Yeah, so I think my customer tenant avatar right now is an 82 year old widowed woman who is experiencing one of those four uh, challenges in her home life right now and uh so that's that's really who's who's calling is is someone in their early mid 80s i'm getting a uh in the in the town that i'm in now i'm getting about half couples actually who are calling but uh, when you go into a lot of retirement homes to visit uh you know your your grandma or your parents you'll see a lot of uh single ladies that are there so so that'll be that'll be nice actually i'm looking forward to getting through this renovation and initial funding Aspects and getting to the part where I can just walk around and be friends with all my little new buddies in and, there, and no. really be hands on with uh, getting this first one up and running.
0: <laughs> no, it you're. It'll it, be fun. <laughs> yeah. not, no, it will be fun. I'm like flashing back to I was like uh, twenty years old, and I actually managed a 55 and older community. It was 172 units, and I was I lived on site. So imagine a 20 year old living alongside of these, you know, 55. So so 55 to 65. So like a younger. You know, range, but it was, it was still, it was, I was friends with all of them and it was really cool. Um, so you, so let's talk about the timeline. So you took, so from when you decided you, did you buy the property? Did you already pull investors in or did you already have the property?
1: No, I actually set the intention for the project first and, uh, created some accountability around it. So for, there was a period after I sort of, uh, uh had my entered into my midlife crisis and sort of was just like these things that i'm working on i sort of reached my my ceiling with those i need to do something else and there was a period of time where i was sort of searching what am i going to do next know i need to do something meaningful i also need to make money and it was at the tail end of uh sort of deciding what to do is I, I told a couple of people, I'm gonna do 40 rentals for, for seniors uh, by 2020. And I started with that sort of commitment and I created the brand and built the website and I started looking around for property and where my search started was residential properties, you know, duplexes to fourplexes. And I thought, you know, this really doesn't check all the boxes. Number one, it's not accessible. I'm gonna to have to do up down suites. Plus, people are gonna be lonely, so I'm gonna have to get some kind of bus to pick them up and bring them to a central location for lunch. And then I was like, dawned on me this, then just it, this opportunity for a commercial project. I'm like, duh, commercial. Like, I always sort of wanted to go into commercial and get into that anyway. So, and it's an entirely different world than mm-hmm. residential, I'm finding. Gosh. Like, uh, so yeah, it started with the sort of the intention and, and the commitment, telling a few people, you know, I am gonna do this, and then magically, that's how things happen sometimes starts with just say, you're going to do it and commit to it, take steps towards it. And then boom, this property that was, uh, you know, it's 35 suites, it's 40 people, 40, 45 people. When you get some couples in there, uh, I just felt like I had to dive in when, when, the, when the property opportunity came and, uh, with a little bit of my experience and you know, how to fund uh, residential real estate investments in the past. And I to get some, some vendor take back financing, which, people who don't know, that means I got the, the current owner of this building to carry the mortgage for a period of time. And I uh, raised a bit more capital through uh, some private funds. And, and uh, I'm currently looking at getting some traditional bank financing, which is which is a whole nother thing. Uh, but,
0: yeah. I love it. There you go. You set the intention and now it's just happening, right?
1: Well, that's where it starts, right? I guess.
0: Nope. That's very, very true. It's yeah. very true. So when did you sign the lease? Like when did you take the building and start retrofitting it?
1: I bought the building. It's been, uh, this December of, it's been one year since I've owned the property. And then I sort of just sat on it and try to figure out what exactly was going to be, how I was going to approach. It was like, a, it's a big building. It's a building that, uh, sat vacant. To it. It's basically, a abandoned hospital that was built and run uh by the government, the provincial government and they they closed it down. They closed a bunch of these buildings down and uh this one just sat there in this beautiful little town in a nice residential neighborhood. Uh there's a lot of fear around the building and no one wanted to take it on or no one had the capacity or capability or whatever, but so I dove into this thing and uh Took me a while to figure out a design and how to approach it and figure out like the hazardous materials, like what are my environmental studies, that kind of thing. And then I got out here and uh actually just came out myself, worked my life out. Being that I only have four boxes of stuff now, it that's the other thing with minimalism. Yes. You're free, right? Yeah. So, you know, I came out here and uh set myself up a little corner of the building, really changed my life, gosh, and uh it was a it was a pretty bleak start with, with this building just I wanted to be on site and hire local trades and that's and, uh, yeah, come a long way. We've got the building now about 30% renovated and uh, put up some, you know, some signs on the front of the building. You know, we're, we're going to be open and got about 40 people on that waiting list now who, uh, <laughs> who are uh, you know, interested to see the suites once we're, once we're ready. So that's uh, yeah, come, it's come a long way. and To answer your question, we've been in the renovation for about six months now.
0: Six months. And then you're going to, where's your target open date set for?
1: Uh, this, this spring.
0: Whoa, right around the corner.
1: Yeah, we'll get some, we'll get one wing of the, one wing of the mm-hmm. building open and, uh, and uh,
0: yeah. No, you have a waiting list. You have already like an interest list. So you have a really good start. Yeah, Did you I said to so me 40 units total?
1: I've got 35, 35 oh. units and uh, yeah, yeah. So
0: mm-hmm. Cool. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely, then after you open, we'll definitely do a, a follow-up interview because then you'll get to speak on just, you know, all this stuff because you're going to put so much in place, I'm sure, of, you know, events and just building the community and yeah, so that'll, that'll be fun to watch for sure. Yeah,
1: we'll do our next interview from, from site there and you can meet some of my new little friends maybe.
0: Yeah, there we go. Okay, so you're not in the building. Are you in a, your office? You're in a different building right now?
1: Yeah, our internet connection in the building I've got kind of a survival internet connection there but it wouldn't have been sufficient for uh for this generous meeting that you uh, approached me with. So I'm at the local college nearby just having having our meeting in Yeah.
0: Perfect. Hey, that works. We always appreciate a good video connection from around the world. Yeah. Some of these sometimes they're from they're like in a jungle or they're here or they're on the in a mountain and it I'm amazed that that the internet connection and the video still streams. So So uh, you got to love technology these days, right? (laughs) For sure. Awesome. So cool. So my next question is, um, so yeah, we, I love this because we kind of dived into the market and just your avatar, the age um, that you guys, you know, that just, and you've got it so dialed in and that was impressive because people, some people don't even know what an avatar is. Like who is your ideal client? So I love that you have this exact picture. Um, so with co-living so you know where do you see David where do you see because it seems like you've been following it without even knowing what it was called back in the day um, like if you were to future project where do you see co-living going in the future whether that's with the aging population or just in general
1: yeah well maybe I'll, I'll just speak more towards the aging population uh, so I see that that's already sort of happening in people are just moving into doing house sharing with, with older adults. So, uh, you know, just people are just becoming roommates to, to uh, address those, you know, concerns that people have as they age, the loneliness, the accessibility, the affordability, the meals. And uh, so that's great. I'm sure that will continue, but that's not, uh, I think that we're going to also need some, some some companies doing this who provide the structure and the, the space just i, I think there'll be room for for both kind of thing but uh you know as the the private sector um, nursing homes are uh maybe they only exist right now because the people who live there lived through the 1930s and they you know the, they just don't complain about much now but the sort of the the new wave of aging population that's coming in aren't going to tolerate with like moving out of their house and into like a company where they're they don't have a lot of freedom and it's just we it, it's ripe for innovation as i said so uh i don't think we can really you know what i'm doing or what probably many people are thinking about doing with co-living for older adults is uh uh probably don't even really know what it's going to look like in the future. But uh, I know that it's, you know, people, people who've lived their whole life and done the right thing and paid their taxes and raised their family. And now they're 85 years old. They don't want to move into like a bunch of rules and this is bedtime and this is what you, you know, eat tonight. They still want to have freedom and dignity. And, and uh, you know, you if you're one of the more affluent in, i speak to Canada. If you're one of the more affluent older adults in Canada, would be just fine. You can live in like an all-inclusive type, really nice place. But, uh, you know, if you sell your house because you need supports and you only have $200,000, that can get eaten up pretty quick in uh, in the private market. And then our social, the social side, the government-run stuff is, our, you know, our Canadian government, we just had our, on November 25th, we had our National Housing Day, which was uh, one, it was, one year into uh, billions of dollars of funding that was put towards national like our housing for the vulnerable and aging population and our government said on our uh, on November 21st that uh, this isn't a quote but they just said we're not going to be able to do it we're not the government can't and maybe shouldn't be the one who's housing people but they've said that our funding is going to run out the economic realities of our country is going to trump the need for housing so the government can't do it the private sector i mean it's not really their fault they're playing within you know the banking cartel really limits who gets loans and i mean that's what i'm finding if you say anything about social good or anything you're not getting a getting a loan so and it's very expensive to build and it's getting more expensive so we need solutions for our aging population that lie outside what we can what we can see right now so uh you know that's kind of what I feel like I'm working on is something that maybe doesn't exist and I'm not special and I don't like I'm not terribly sophisticated or anything like that but just with the vantage point of my particular background that I have I I see this I see this gap and uh we need to create places for people with with uh you know with the intention of love behind it and that can give people the supports that they need because we have a very serious serious issue with how we're going to uh house our aging population you know our parents and grandparents that's who i'm talking about and think about it for people who like where are your parents going to live where are your grandparents going to live if you haven't sort of started researching that uh so you know i'm glad that i get to share this story with all of you guys people who are interested in co-living and uh you know it's Share ideas and and uh, see what kind of a you know m- modest impact that we can have in this area for people. <laughs>
0: hey, it could be more than modest. <laughs> I don't do anything yeah. modestly. <laughs> <laughs> we we can change the world if we if we put the right people together, right? I love it, David. Well, that's a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for being on here. I really really appreciate it. You're doing amazing work. And um, however we can support you, uh, let us know. And yeah. So uh, thanks again for doing this interview. We'll definitely do a follow-up once you're uh, you're open and operating and, and we can hear the fun stories.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, Christine, for having me on and uh, the fantastic work. I acknowledge the fantastic work you're doing with the Co-Living Code. And uh, you're also operating your own Co-Living house, Housing, it sounds like. So wonderful. And uh, wishing you the best in learning more about your uh, your uh, technology platform. And you know hopefully we can use that in our home-free locations uh, to come. So.
0: Most definitely. Okay, David, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye.